Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Full Circle, Finding Your Way Home. This week we are furthering our exploration into the topic of trust by looking at how you can learn to trust yourself through achieving emotional integrity. The concept of emotional integrity is having the courage to acknowledge one's true feelings, wants and desires without considering societal expectations. In essence, it's about being 100% honest with yourself, no matter what others say or do. When we achieve emotional integrity, we have clarity, we are consistent and we're resilient. When we don't have it, we're not fully present. We make compromises and we have feelings of regret. I'm excited to introduce you to my guest, Stacey Lee Barnes, who through various stages of her personal healing journey, discovered her emotional integrity. As an empath and highly sensitive person, Stacey long felt misunderstood by others and herself. For years, she denied herself, owning and understanding the deep emotions she felt not realising that her depth of emotion is a gift and part of her intuitive nature. Finally, at the age of 34, she saw a therapist and learned that being authentic to her true self is where inner peace, self-acceptance and love lie. Stacey shares her personal journey of achieving emotional integrity and the steps you can take to nurture your own emotional integrity too. This episode is rich in lessons, which I hope will help you on your own journey back to your true self. So welcome to the Full Circle Finding Your Way Home podcast. And I have the lovely Stacey Lee Barnes with me to help me have a wonderful conversation around nurturing your emotional integrity. So welcome, Stacey, to our conversation. Oh, thank you, Jillian. Thank you for having me on and for this beautiful space that you've created for um, for all of us to connect and share. It's an honor. Thank you. I'm delighted, actually, that you're here. And this conversation I've been really looking forward to because I'm really interested in the concept of nurturing your emotional integrity. And I know you've been on a journey, which I know you're going to share later with our listeners. But I thought just as a starting point, could you just tell us a little bit more around what learning self-trust by nurturing your emotional integrity actually means to you? Yeah, for me, self-trust is so huge. And that in itself is a tool and a conditioning that we need to have patience to work with. And it's not just something that you can just switch on. And maybe for some it is, but for me, it wasn't. And in order to get into that self-trust space, I had to really become familiar and present and embodied with my emotions. And I wrote a blog post just last month um, around emotional integrity and that that word, I was, I was working on naming it and instantly I received emotional integrity. And I thought, how beautiful is that? Because it really is the integrity of why we're here and our purpose. And to hone that in with our emotions, to have that awareness and 
relationship with our emotions versus either choosing to not feel them or being comfortable to be in our relationship with our emotions. That's where I feel the integrity lies, um, to have that vulnerability and courage to step into our emotional being, our emotional bodies. And yeah, so I believe that self-trust really comes from nurturing that emotional integrity and being comfortable in that space. And there's a lot of different modalities to support that. Um, and it's been a journey I've been on for, for many years um, to really get into that integral space of oneness with my emotions and not letting them, for me, I'm extremely sensitive. As a child, I cried very easily. I felt so much. And going forward into my teenage years and my 20s, uh, I started putting up protective barrier around it because it really felt more of a handicap, my emotions, versus um, something that actually is a gift or something that can help align me going forward with my truth and my purpose. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because you mentioned the word courage there. And I do think to really kind of own that sense of your own emotional integrity does require courage because we're so easily influenced. We're so easily or have been conditioned from our childhood, adolescence. And it's quite difficult, isn't it? Especially as you've described, if you're a highly sensitive person and very empathetic or an empath, it's, it is quite difficult to know how to navigate yourself through some of those circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in life. Absolutely. And it's almost as if, and I believe things are changing, but when I was younger, um, talking about your emotions wasn't as um, present. It wasn't as accepted. It was how do we show up more from our headspace, our intellect from our mind versus our heart space and our feeling. And I think that there's a beautiful balance of both, but enabled to be in that beautiful, surrendered, open heart space, we do need to have that relationship with our emotions and become aware of them and in tune with them. And as you said, I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm an empath, so I feel very deeply wherever I'm at, whether it is with another beautiful person, I can feel emotions and energetics, or in nature, I can just drop right in into the true essence of um, that calm and that peace that, that nature really holds for all of us. And I just wasn't aware that those sensitivities that I had once I was able to work with them and, and, and come back in tune with them and have that attunement, I really started finding my essence, my, my purpose for being. But when I was younger, it was quite, um, quite the emotional roller coaster and then numbing it out and just, um, you know, really showing up externally to feel acceptance with myself and with others around me and in society. And that certainly was not sustainable. I think it's a beautiful journey to see where we all arrive at and where we're at now and how what once seemed to be the turbulent waters and not that we're still always riding them, but that that is our teacher. That's a, that, that we're supposed to be in those moments of challenge 
to eventually come to the place to where we're working with someone and asking for help and realize we're, we don't have to do this alone. Courage is, is definitely a thread underneath of there to be able to step forward into that vulnerable space. No, absolutely. And I can definitely hear that and, and absolutely concur with that. So I'm curious around how you started then on this journey to coming back home to your emotional integrity. So I am a small business owner and I've been married for 18 years. And those are two very big things in my life that I put a lot of attention and energy into. And I found that both started showing signs of instability. And my business partner is my mom. And that is such a gift in itself. She is such an inspiration to me. And we had a retail shop and we started growing the business and expanding. But we found that the business was running us. We were no longer running the business. And there were lots of things that were cracking in the foundation around that. During the same time, my husband and I, our marriage, our foundation also started having those cracks and crumbling. And it's interesting how everything seems to have to completely fall apart in order to break open and to be in this space of what's a common denominator? And that's me. And how am I showing up in both of these relationships that are so important to me? And yet I almost let defined who I was and what my purpose was as a wife and as a business owner. And it was just this opening that didn't feel good. It was incredibly scary. And I eventually uh, had a very good friend of mine who referred a therapist to me an addiction therapist um, in particular, my husband was struggling with some dependency addiction issues. And I also have um, addiction um, from my childhood that I grew up with. So there was a, something that was very familiar with it when I met my husband and how my codependency relationship showed up from my childhood and then into relationship with my husband, trying to control and perfect and, and fix and then also how that was showing up in my business and with those same dynamics. So codependency is definitely a self-regulation tool that I, it was a learned behavior that I um, started working with when I was younger and feeling that it was my job to bring in the harmony around me. And it's really hard to break that when you're unaware that that's what you're using to navigate through your life. That definitely showed up in my marriage and in business. And I ended up separating from my husband um, just after our 11th anniversary. We took a three month separation and I dove deep into this work with my therapist. And though she specializes in addiction, which was such a beautiful guidance from my girlfriend who referred her um, to me. Uh, when we first went in there, in or when I first went into that therapist session, Dr. Blair, I remember sitting there and we're going, through, she, she reflected back and said, you know, this is a space that I'm holding, but it is to bring forward your truth. It is to bring forward these roadblocks and there's going to be some uncomfortable times. And are you okay with that? And I said, yes. And um, her first question after that, once we began our session was, 
when did you lose your self-worth? So powerful, such a powerful question, isn't it? Can you remember how you felt when she asked that question? I honestly, I felt there was a numbness to the point where I hadn't, I hadn't thought of my self-worth. I hadn't, I hadn't at all put that forward or where that was or my core values. Everything had been so external in this life that I, I built and that I thought was successful. And um, I really sat there in silence for, it was probably about a minute, which, you know, I, I can communicate really well. And, I, and it was interesting to find myself with no words. And I'm so grateful for that because that was the beginning of me connecting back into myself and actually realizing the lack of connection I had within. Yeah. yeah. And so it feels from what you've been talking about that your sense of identity was wrapped up in, like you said, codependency and, and different roles and parts that you played in many ways. And I just wondered just if you could reflect back a little bit more upon some of that identity. How would you, when you look back now, how would you describe that past identity to what you have now? My past identity was wrapped up certainly more in what what I felt my ego, what my mind was saying is successful and accepting and where I can fit in. And there were parts where I was able to tap into my creativity that, that I have, um, and I brought that into my business. There are parts of me that are very nurturing and loving, and that was in my marriage. So those glimpses would come through, but I also found a lot of blockages around my controlling and perfectionism to keep the exterior and to keep everything looking as what my mind was telling me it should be. And where I'm at now through the depths of work that I've done, this is this hasn't been quick. It's um, you know, I started at 34 on this path and I just um, just turned 41 um, last week. And there is a level of inner peace and inner harmony that I've never felt before. I hadn't felt it in my 20s. I hadn't felt it in my early 30s. And I had lots of moments when I was doing this work with my therapist and other energetic guides that I was working with where it would definitely come into my field and I could receive. But then going back into the natural, like our human existence of work and relationships, how to st- how to bring my essence and be become really present with that, I would find myself kind of armoring up again, because when you come from that really open space, it's a process. It's like a workout. It was a little jolting to my nervous system. So I just reminded myself to be patient, to be compassionate with myself and know this is a part of the process and to continue to use whatever self-care modalities that are needed, which is accountability with my therapist, um, working with an energetic body worker. I have an incredible, incredible soul guide, um, Elisa Romeo and Adam Foley. And um, this book what literally came into my life during that that break that I had, that breakdown slash breakthrough. And um, it's been powerful, meet your soul, for me to connect to my inner voice, my higher self, 
to trust her, to hear her, to speak with her and that embodiment of, of the two. I can say now I'm in a place through doing the work, creating additional tools, really honing my emotional integrity because so much comes through my emotions that that has now allowed me to show up more calm, more authentic, more present with others, with the ability for others to do the same. It's just a natural energetic exchange. So I felt as I've shifted and come from more of my authentic place within that I find that others then too feel more comfortable. And there's this um, synergy of reflection and harmony. It's so different. It's so different than what I had experienced before. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take any of it back. My husband and I are in a much deeper, more beautiful relationship than we've we've ever experienced. And I think we, I know we had to go through the challenges in order to, to get to this point of being present with each other. And same with my business too. Yeah, I can hear that when you're talking, how important that shift has been. And I think I, you know, from my own experience of working with others in this way, you can see that when one person starts to make those changes within, that it has this beautiful kind of knock-on effect, this cascading effect where it's just kind of like a ripple in the in a lake or in a pond and you can just see it kind of moving really gently along, but it has that lovely kind of pay it forward type feel to it. So I can definitely hear how important that's been for, for certainly for you and your husband and those around you. Now you said you've been on a journey and it does feel like you've been on a journey. And like any journey, there's always twists and turns and bumps in the road. And so I'm kind of wondering what have been the challenges for you along this particular journey? Yeah, for me, the challenges have been, um, it's, it's interesting, as I sit with this question, it's, it's so easy to point out the external and the external is what the external challenges is what brought me into my, my inner space, but definitely it's all relationship based and it's all how I wasn't showing up authentically. And I almost was more in a victim state. I was in a victim state. There's a difference between seeing things from the victimhood because stuff did happen and that's very that's very real. Abandonment and um, mistrust and, and all of those things from my childhood that then I was always afraid of not happening in my adulthood. And so what I would do to try to control that so it wouldn't, those were the challenges. I mean, ultimately, the challenges that presented themselves were my dynamics and how I show up in relationships. And yeah, and learning boundaries, that has been massively important from that emotional, energetic space of just wanting to be so present and so open with my heart. That's very real and true, but it's also good to have healthy boundaries with your family, with your friends. And that in itself took time for me. And it was almost a practice because being a people pleaser certainly was once a part of my identity and a part of my traits. And in doing that, it's like it kept me in the loop of the victimhood because I would allow relationships or, or even verbiage that wasn't healthy in my life and in my field. And I would hold that when it wasn't mine to hold. I didn't understand that was breaking that cycle of 
you know, trying to regulate others' feelings and emotions and behaviors and thinking that it was my job to bring that forward. So the boundary work that I've done has been massively important to really learn how to speak my truth. And then to also, it takes it a lot less personally for others. So when you do find yourself in a relationship or friendship dynamics or something within your family, and um, it feels, it just doesn't feel good. I think I would easily blame the situation or the person in relationship with me besides looking at myself and taking the accountability. So I, I had to shift that. And when I when I'm now when I'm able to do it, and if I feel something that just naturally doesn't feel like an authentic connection, instead of trying to force it, I I, I see it for what it is. Um, there's a really beautiful acronym that I learned called Rain, and. Just from an emotional space, it's it's for, from anyone, whether we're working from, from emotions and from our heart or from our head, we can be very reactive when we're triggered. And this RAIN acronym that I learned, R-A-I-N, creates time to pause before we react. So um, R stands for recognize. So if I'm feeling triggered by something or someone or a situation, I take a deep breath. Sometimes I close my eyes. Sometimes I just breathe and I go through the rain silently in my head and first recognize what's coming forward. I'm feeling uncomfortable. A is acknowledge. Acknowledge that I'm feeling uncomfortable. Okay. So this allows you to also get into your body um, versus just in the mind and what those trigger points are. I is investigate. What's coming forward for me? Like what, what is this energy, this reaction, this person or situation? Investigate what that is because that helps you tap into that, that emotional space like within our bodies. And, and N, which is my favorite and it has been such a gift, is non-personal. So when we're feeling triggered or we're, want, or we're wanting to be reactive or we're feeling that someone's projecting something onto us, it's not personal. It's not necessarily about us, and yet we can take accountability for our actions and rein through what we're feeling. So this, because we're all in this human experience that's full of emotions and conditioning and our childhood and how we show up and just realizing and having compassion for each individual allows for more space for us to, do, I feel, to do our inner work. And to be more, be more present with our, our, um, our, pre our presence and what we're offering. I love the acronym. I'm going to remember that now for myself and for others as well. It's really good. But it's so easily done though, isn't it, to take things personally. And we, we do get triggered throughout life. We can get triggered on a daily basis. And I suppose, again, depending on where we are in our involvement and the work that we've done on ourselves or not, will then determine how we behave in those circumstances or how we react. And I think what I'm hearing you say with that sense of the, the just kind of the recognizing it and the stopping and pausing, it is that moment to just, like you said, just kind of put on the brakes for a moment, press the pause button and mm -hmm. just take a moment. Because for me, that's a response versus a reaction. And I think when we most of us are triggered, we go immediately into reaction and we can go into that sense of defense mechanism, which then takes us into that victim mode, as you've described. And I think it's really fascinating how we feel that we have to just react 
for whatever reason when actually we don't we can we can really learn to retrain ourselves in many ways and to to connect with ourselves in a different way absolutely and a lot of our reactivity is coming from our subconscious and this is all programming that happened in our younger years when our brain is still developing and not not understanding. So our subconscious is taking on reality that we were experiencing when we were younger to be true. And as children, we can't decipher between what is true and what is not or that this truth can't it can be changed. And so we don't have that skill set yet. And so. I've also done a lot of work with um, reprogramming my subconscious, tapping into it, going into um, some light hypnosis therapies, and then being able to call in and create new story dynamics. So that no longer is there, which is going to be triggering and reactive or some of those cycling of my own self-destructive behaviors. And really building new neural pathways, which allows our brain, so taking the time to pause and be with our emotions and our feelings and be in the embodiment state, allows us to respond differently and be much less reactive. And then also to do the deeper psychological work that goes into those spaces that allows us to rewrite our story and have a new narrative. And it doesn't mean we're erasing the past. We can accept it. We can honor what we've learned from it. We can, there's so much room for forgiveness that is so healing that I didn't realize I was running from a lot. Anger, not wanting to, not wanting to bring forward forgiveness. And I found that forgiveness is such a beautiful, beautiful gift. And so when we go into our past, it allows for healing. And when we heal, We're able to have more capacity to embody our authentic essence, to hear so clearly our inner voice and to be able to step forward in that. But I but from just my personal experience, I found that I was really hindering my growth by not wanting to go back, shutting down my emotions and not being comfortable being present with them. And I found through working with people who aren't attached to me. And trust me, friends are wonderful and they're beautiful. It's super important. And so are relationships and our partners in our relationships. But there's triggers and there are things that come forward with your husband and your friends or your family. So when you work with someone outside who isn't attached to the outcome or attached to previous experiences in your life, that reflection work is powerful. It's incredible. And so it really, I mean, from, I really feel that having that um, ability for someone that's detached, but to hold that mirror up, reflect back patiently, waiting for when you're ready, bit by bit, uncovering piece by piece, it just allows for you to show up so much more present. And first and most importantly with yourself, we just have to be comfortable and get to know and love ourselves. Yeah. Just reminds me, I heard a talk a long time ago now from Diane von Fustenberg, you know, the fashion designer. And she said, the greatest relationship you can ever have is the one that you have with yourself. Mm. And it just, based upon what you're talking about, that just kind of come straight back into my memory. And I thought, gosh, this is so true, isn't it? That sense of investing in getting to know yourself without judgment. 
without that criticism, that critical voice that we have and allowing yourself just to reacquaint yourself because all of that goodness, all of that truth, everything is already there inside of us. But as you've described and so many have on this through these conversations I've been having, you know, we lose that aspect of ourselves because of all the things that we experience in our lives. But that going back and reconnection, I think, is a really important relationship and an important part of our journey so that we can really truly show up and be ourselves. Yeah, I think it's a part of our the reason why we're here here in the human existence and our and our and and that we're able to feel as deeply as we are. And that's where a lot of our psychological the triggers come up, the the subconscious programming, though it's so intricate and in depth, there's a reason why we're here and we have the ability to have such depth of senses, but we just haven't necessarily had space held to be present with those sensations. It's really, I'm, I just feel that there's a lot of training around operating from the intellect up here versus, versus our emotional intellect. And, um, I do think there's such a shift happening with that because that's bringing in this inner balance, this inner harmony, which will then reverberates, like you said, out like in the water and the ocean, out and beyond. But it's very hard to, to really tap in and to really be in the presence with yourself if, you're, uh, if, if you don't know yourself. And so I love that quote. I feel that even just from my personal experience, the knowing up here of who you are versus the knowing from your heart is challenging operating up here the whole time. It's like, oh no, I know who I am. And we can tell ourselves all these stories and I can, you know, you know, do this or do that and change my behaviors, but like really getting comfortable with the true self and sitting in silence, sitting in nature. And and, and there are a lot of different modalities you can do to support that. But I'd like to encourage your listeners, if, if this is resonating with anyone, to know that it's very normal to feel uncomfortable in the discomfort and to be alone with yourself. Then that's, that is very normal. And like you said, Jillian, to do your best to release the judgment or when a judgment comes through, rain through it. Yeah, absolutely. Take that time. And that can, that's a tool that can help because typically that self-judgment is just something from your subconscious, from when you were younger, that just needs to be reprogrammed. And once you are, are able to do that and sit with it, then it allows the space for you to be more present with yourself and your higher self and to be able to have that dialogue and communication. One of the other tools that I've learned through Elisa, the author of Meet Your Soul, is soul journaling. And that is truly, it's very much like free writing and journaling, just naturally what comes through. You can ask questions and this helps you get present in the moment. How am I feeling today? It can be that simple. And instead of thinking, allow yourself to feel and you'll hear that inner voice and write down without judgment, without anything. Is it right? Is it wrong? Write down what comes through. What is asking to come forward? What is it that I need today? It can be very simple, simple questions, whether it's two minutes, 30 minutes, daily, weekly. I mean, all of this work is bit by bit 
and whatever feels comfortable and aligned for you with the busyness of our experience, you know, in relationships and work and parenting, all of that to have that compassion, that non-judgment, and like anything new that you bring into your life, whether it's a workout or a new food that you're introducing, or if you're learning how to cook, any new tools that you're bringing in, it's that important when you bring in this self-care work and self-reflection work. For me, it's not to be super rigid because there are so many life challenges that pop up that feels like, oh, it's almost like you're defeated before you've begun. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting about journaling because, you know, there's so many different rules around how you should journal, but I've applied it to a bit similar to maybe what I'm hearing you say, which is when the moment feels right, sit down, take some time out. And you said it doesn't have to be a great length of time, but I always, always have actually posed myself questions and really wanted to get to know myself through that inner dialogue. And I think if you can give yourself just a few minutes a day or or just a few minutes a week, it can make a big difference to raising that awareness of what's really going on within you. And I think the key thing is, as you said, is not to judge, to write from a real place of compassion and care for self. So with no judgment, no criticism, it doesn't matter what you write, just let it kind of spill out on the page. And when you read it back, you I've always found that I've been really pleasantly surprised at what's come out. I don't know whether that's been the same for you, but it certainly has for me. It's the simplicity and the beauty in what comes through. So yes, it's just connected. And when I see it on the paper, it's seen to believe. So a lot of the emotional work, because we can't see our emotions, we certainly can feel them or can learn how to feel our emotions, right? We don't want to have them rule us, but we also want to be able to to be with them because there are some people that literally have a sense of numbness or there are some like me where it's just like it feels like it can be an override into your body and your nervous system and and your existence. So the simple tool of journaling and what what you allow to come through with non-judgment and compassion, just as you said, is this reflection of seeing is believing. It is that simple. There is this this love from within, this lighthouse that you have from within that um, I literally can write down two words. I remember I was on I was on a flight and I was journaling on the flight. I was actually um, going to work with Elisa and I was doing some um, soul journaling on the flight and I, I felt really comfortable doing it. And this woman next to me commented, she said, wow, you write, I could never write so quickly. And she, she's like, I'm not, you know, she, I'm not trying to intrude in your space, but I'm intrigued by how quickly you're writing. Just that was a gift. Her reflection of that, her experience of it. I'm also dyslexic. So a lot of my writing when I was younger was not fluid. It wasn't free writing because I was so concerned. I, I was having a hard time spelling, but yet I could, I could, feel my communication coming through, but then I would get stuck in the intellect. And why wasn't it coming out on the paper the same? So when I was writing on the plane, I mean, what I had, what I had to let go of and unlearn is that there is no punctuation or correct spelling or correct sentences or paragraphs. It truly is that inner voice, what you're receiving within your true essence coming forward onto paper. I realized in that moment that my 
my process of being with myself to be do that in public on a plane where you're kind of next to people really tight because normally I have to be in a very, very quiet solitude space and feeling safe and comfortable. I was grateful for that. That was just two years ago because there are moments where I feel that the universe and, and opportunities are here to show you and reflect back to look at how far you've come in your journey. That was one of those moments. That was that was one of yeah. those moments. Mm -hmm. And literally, I'm sure if she if I could have given it to her to read there, it, a lot of what I write, it's almost in a different language, like the way it comes through onto paper. But um, no one else really could uh, could read it. But but I can go back. And so when you do have that, I mean, this is my journal and I like every year I have a new journal. This one, I'm I'm literally like almost done with this one. So I think I'm gonna have to get another you one need this to do year. a new one. <laughs> Yeah. And I take it with me hiking. I have it next to me in my bed. I travel with it. Such a simple, simple, beautiful tool that allows for that dialogue or for you to just express. Some, sometimes there are things that we need to just release Absolutely. and get yeah. out onto paper so it no longer is held within. And yeah. Um, yeah. And it's such an emotional release as well. I think a lot, a lot of emotional release techniques come from writing things down as well. And I think being able to express it, as you said, with no judgment and just getting it out there. And it, again, it takes it out of your mind, out of your body, onto the piece of paper, which again can give you some inner peace maybe or some calm within as well at times. Absolutely, because you're not holding on to... For me, what comes forward as it turns into, it's a narrative and then it turns into a story and then my insecurities get involved if I'm concerned about something. And then before I know it, it is a looping dialogue that is not the truth. So being able to write that down allows for that expression. So, so you can clear, you can clear that and you can sit with it. Same thing if you're working with somebody. You know, one of the things I've been reflecting upon is, you know, some of the work that I do with my clients, you know, when a lot of people talk about, I think, I think, I think, and I invite people to talk about, well, what do you know? And there's a real big shift from that thinking to knowing and, and that sense of what you've been talking around is really just expressing what you think is the truth when actually it's just a perception rather than the truth. And that's, as you said, going inwards and doing that work really allows you for allowing that full truth to come out. So it feels like you've been on such a remarkable journey already. And I know you're kind of still on it and got some way to go still, as we all have in life. So I'm curious around your definition now of success for life. How would you describe that now for you? So different than what I once had told myself and viewed and the definition now is showing up authentically for myself, first and foremost, continuing, as you said, I feel that this work is always ongoing. This is, I will, I will be doing this always. Forever now. <laughs> for, forever, because we're always evolving, always. And there are new aspects, I believe, of ourselves that we continue to become familiar with. And even our inner essence is always evolving as well. And there's so much to come through with that. Success for me versus just external business or relationship or all of those external things, it truly is from within. And when I'm feeling a space of inner harmony and not that I'm not going to get triggered with things because absolutely I will. But what do I do when I get triggered and how do I show up differently with myself and with others with that? 
that's true success for me. That is the ongoing, the, the onward journey of the inward space that we're doing. I have never felt, and I'm in a transition with my business, um, with my mom, we have it up for sale. And as so many people have said, it must be so, so hard, this transition process. And we're both in this place where, where we're ready. I mean, it has brought forward so many beautiful things in our relationship and knowledge business-wise for us and working with our team and creatively. But at the same time, we're both ready to step into new, new chapters of our lives. And so feeling comfortable with letting go of what we had, what we defined as success or what I defined as my success and knowing that as I'm transitioning and stepping into my next chapter of my life and what I'm gonna bring forward with that, that, that it's, it's full of even more purpose because I'm more aware of who I am. Circling it back to that emotional integrity, just trusting and honoring what I know to be true for myself right here and right now in this present moment. And it, it can shape shift tomorrow and the next day and that I can allow for that fluidity versus it being more rigid and more, again, just up here in this perception. So success is from within versus just what my knowing success is. It's a feeling. That would be my shift in perspective around. Yeah, um, around it now. Success. Yeah, fabulous, fabulous. And very exciting that you're moving into this next chapter of your life in many respects as well. So I've just got one final question, if that's all right, which is around any tips or advice for those that are listening, because most clients that I come across and people I, I connect with, you know, we're kind of quite nervous about taking this leap mm. into really, truly listening at that deeper level, that emotional integrity. And, and we want it. We have a longing for it. And as you've said, there's definitely more and more people wanting this and needing this for themselves. But it is a leap. And I'm kind of wondering... What's your advice to those who are just sitting on the precipice of this? They want to dip their toe in the water, but they're just a little bit intrepid. My advice would be, I have been there. I have been on that ledge where it feels like you are ready to jump off into the unknown. And it is so scary. But to trust the process and knowing that sensation, that feeling that you're having where it's time to take that step, is aligned. You're feeling that for a reason, whether things externally are starting to show themselves and it's no longer feeling supportive. And then you go within and it's like, it's here and I don't know where to go or what to do. Know that this is merely a sign that you are supported, you are held. Reach out to this incredible community of wellness and healers and therapists and guides and coaches. Find something that feels aligned so you don't have to do it alone and that you are worthy mm. of taking that leap. Just trust. I love that you are worthy. I think that's a really important reminder to us all actually so thank you so much for sharing what you have today i've really really enjoyed this conversation it's been such a delight so thank you stacy for all your words of wisdom and sharing your experiences and your journey so far to date with us oh jillian thank you thank you for having me on and asking these incredible questions and allowing for um these conversations to be had so we all feel connected and inspired and I just really really am honored and inspired by the work that you're doing and um, I'm grateful for the way that you are lighting up 
this space. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review and subscribe to be notified each week of new episodes. Until next time, stay well, invite joy and curiosity into your life. See you soon.